This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Alright guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here for our Week 17 recap. And yes, uh, I know some of you out there that listened to our first couple episodes we had before the start of the season, you thought we'd be canceled by now. That is not the case. We somehow made it through an entire regular season, Dylan, which is an accomplishment in and of itself, uh, but uh, we are now gearing up for the playoffs. But before we get there, we're going to quickly run through the action from Week 17. And uh, in addition to that, we're going to look back, and I know Dylan and I are both kind of just kind of cringing right now, thinking about looking back (laughs) at our predictions for the season, who our picks were for every single division, ultimately our playoff picks and all that. We'll go through. We'll see how well we did uh, before we wrap up with uh, just some quick thoughts on the playoffs themselves, maybe some of these coaching searches, which we'll get into as well, uh, before we dive into uh, the playoff matchups uh, later in the week with our usual uh, second episode of the week. So uh, let's start off here, Dylan, with uh, a look at, uh, we, you know, we, this is probably a game we wouldn't have had to talk about really, um, but now we sort of have to talk about it, and it's probably more about what happened after the game than the game itself. Uh, the Browns lost to the Bengals uh, to cap off their uh, fantastic 6-10 and season. Uh, 33-23, the Bengals won this game. Certainly the bigger story here is that Freddie Kitchens was fired shortly after. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. There were reports that he was going to be fine. But, you know, I guess when you lose, you know, three games in a row in that fashion, then you end the season losing to the team that has the number one pick in the draft that didn't do him any favors. No, absolutely not. I think that was one of the things we talked about was uh, when I picked the Bengals to win the game, it kind of felt like the perfect cap to this Brown season and everything that's gone wrong for them. And unfortunately, it likely was going to lead to the Freddie Kitchens firing that may have been happening regardless, as you're saying. But uh, I think it kind of was the final final uh, tipping point for ownership. I know uh, looking at all the stuff going into this, it's going to be really interesting to see this offseason, all the Browns things that play out. But it sounds like this decision to fire Kitchens came from ownership from the Haslam family not from John Dorsey and what that means for his future there uh, also important but yeah the Browns didn't look like a team that had anything to play for the Bengals uh, playing for some pride a last home game possibly the last time Andy Dalton's playing in front of those fans so yeah I'm not shocked that the Bengals won you know, when I made the pick as my upset but it definitely uh, the Browns, man. What? <laughs> yeah, we talk about our predictions in terms yeah. of this team. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people thought had higher expectations. We were one of those and fell into uh, the uh, trap. And we'll see uh, what happens next year. But right now, it's just uh, it's looking pretty bad. Yeah, we'll get to that here in just a bit uh, because one of us fell into that trap a bit deeper than the other, and uh, <laughs> I don't I don't want to give any nudges here, but uh, we'll get to that on on who was maybe a little bit more in terms of uh, what ultimately happened with our picks there. Uh, all right, the next game uh, we had was the Jets and the Bills. Uh, the Jets won this game thirteen to six. Not really much to take away from this one. Uh, we both picked the Bills, so I guess that's your biggest takeaway. We were both wrong. Uh, shocker there. Uh, but the Bills are now locked into uh, the number five seed in the playoffs, which we knew that going in. They will play uh, at the Texans uh, in the wild card.
card round. And we'll talk about the Texans here in a few. Yes, like we said, not much to take away from this game. So we're going to just move right along <laughs> into the Packers and the Lions. There were some takeaways from this one. Uh, it was a huge game for the Packers. And uh, if you were on social media, you saw a lot of Packers fans very unhappy for quite a while in this game, knowing what was on the line. Uh, but ultimately, in the end, as usual, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devontae Adams, uh, they made it happen down the stretch. Packers rally. They went 23-20, to and uh, now they get that first round by as the number two seed in the playoffs. Uh, it seems like the same thing we've said all year long, Dylan. It, just, it really wasn't pretty, but the Packers just won again, and they went 13-3. Yeah, they follow up last week where I'm complimenting them for possibly their best performance of the whole season here. Just, oh, it was so brutal. And I was like, are they really going to lose this game to lose a bye? And potentially the one scene, given how everything ended up playing out in the night game. But uh, they find a way to, you know, kind of turn things around. The defense digs in and starts getting a lot of stops, giving their offense time and time again opportunities. And for a while, it still didn't look like the Packers were going to capitalize. Aaron Rodgers did not look like himself. I know a at points this whole season he hasn't looked like the guy we're used to and uh, it almost cost them here but yeah sure enough they kind of back in not to not to criticize him too much 13 and 3 is nothing to <laughs> to uh to be upset about uh, from the Packers point of view but man some of these games on the stretch I think about the Bears game that ends on that uh you know the last second uh, all the hook and ladder plays that they're trying to do to get that game tied the Redskins only lose by five now this one it's just they're not putting away tough teams and it's going to be a huge advantage for them playing at Lambeau but as we'll get into if the Saints do knock off the Vikings that's going to be a really tough matchup for them in the divisional round yeah I guess there were a lot of people saying the Packers could be you know the worst number one seed in recent memory in terms of dominance I assume there are people saying the same thing out there the number two seed uh either way like we said winning's the name of the game they won 13 of their 16 regular season games uh that's a good spot to be in and now get a nice week off uh, before they find out who they will play in the divisional round uh the next game on our list was the Chiefs and the Chargers Chiefs won it 31 to 21 this was my lock of the week uh happened to get that one and was a little bit closer than I wanted to be uh but uh, i guess the takeaway here dylan is that uh, the chiefs ultimately uh wound up with their own first round by and the number two seed in the afc which we'll uh, get to the reasons why here shortly uh but uh, i guess you know we've said a lot about the chiefs really i guess we could sort of just dive into the chargers here five mm-hmm. and eleven this was a disappointment and speaking of predictions uh for the playoffs uh, we'll get to those here in a little bit <laughs> this was another one that wasn't uh, among our finest i guess for me um but uh, i don't know i guess we'll, we'll have time to talk about the Chargers in the offseason but where they go from here is going to be very interesting yeah it wasn't the worst game overall i mean they did outgain the chiefs uh, the big turning point kind of was that mccall hardman kick return touchdown and overall the chargers fought pretty well and i thought they played one of their you know they've had a lot of these games it's not a one score loss they've had a ton of one score losses this season but i thought they played all right they're just there's just so many little things all the details this team has that are just gone wrong the entire year and again it costs them we talk about special teams but just other costly plays here and there drives that weren't extended with opportunities to do so the offensive line uh, not giving philip rivers the time that he especially needs at this point in his career as he always has really though with his limited mo- mobility <laughs> and yeah for the chiefs uh yeah the story i mean they get another win they've been rolling here not again not their best most dominant performance but they find different ways to win and that's one thing that's different from this uh, with this chiefs teams compared to last year and uh uh, it's a really scary thing for the AFC, especially now. As you know, we'll be and a couple of the games down the list here. We'll get to the one that helped them get the bye and all the the atmosphere in Kansas City during that. It was something to behold. Uh, it really helped also with Kevin Harlan with that epic uh, calling two <laughs> games at once thing. That was just fantastic. But yeah, exciting uh, times for the Chiefs and yeah, team that uh, on all all facets of the game right now is clicking. Yep, they are for sure, and uh, we'll talk more about them here in a bit as we revisit uh, our predictions uh, for the season. Uh, and the the other game here on our schedule, the next one up was the uh, Vikings <laughs> and the Bears. Uh, the Bears won this one, twenty one to nineteen. A nice uh, walk off win uh, for the Bears here. This was one Dylan really needed in our our predictions uh, <laughs> contest, but um, I got this one. I said the Bears were going to win it. The Bears won it, uh, and we'll actually again we know where the, we knew where the Vikings would sit. They are the number six seed. Uh, they'll play the Saints, the number three seed 
in the uh, NFC wild card round, and uh, we'll talk more about that here in a bit. We'll also talk more about the Bears uh, once we look back at, at our predictions uh, for the season. Uh, so not really much to take away from that game, uh, pretty much a, a meaningless game for both teams. This game was not meaningless, and uh, this was one that, that we expected to have a much different result, uh, and so did uh, Vegas, that's for sure. The Patriots and the Dolphins. The Dolphins rally for a 27-24 to win in New England. The Patriots were playing for a first-round bye, and ultimately the team that prevents them from getting the first round by if you go back if you want to just you know do a nice marathon of the establish the past podcast and you just listen to our narrative throughout the entire 30 plus episodes we've had thus far if you started episode one and get here to episode whatever we're on 30 i don't even know 37 8 9 somewhere in there mm-hmm. um it's quite a it's quite a hollywood book i think or just it's like it just the way the story is played out is pretty incredible we went from talking about the dolphins being one of the worst teams in nfl history possibly the worst team in nfl history to now saying they are what prevented the ultimate dynasty of the nfl in in the past you know however many years now from clinching a first round by pretty remarkable yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy to think where they are. Even going back to week two, like, I mean, you're saying before the season how bad we believe they would be, but week two they lose 43-0 to the Pats, and it's just a complete demolition. Uh, fast forward to now, and yeah, I mean, they've the whole second half of the year they've been a competent team that's beat some, uh, beyond just the Patriots, beat some pretty good teams, competed with good teams, and uh, definitely I think that in any huge rebuild when you're really tearing down your whole team, uh, it comes down to having the right head coach at the front, and I, I can't think of a better person for the Dolphins and Brian Flores at this point, bringing over uh, you know a lot of a number of Belichick disciples haven't exactly been the most successful in head coaching jobs, but here we are just one season in, and uh, no one really thought that Miami was going to win five games let alone win this one at the end of the year the Dolphins did you know keep the Patriots out of the one seed last year with the Miami Miracle this was different though this wasn't a fluky kind of end of game play this wasn't mistakes it wasn't in Miami where the Patriots historically even in the Brady Belichick era have not played fantastically this was at home and then with a buy on the line against a pretty bad team still yeah, even with all the improvement they've had this is not something we've seen uh, in any recent year really with from the Patriots we talk about them improving as they get to the end of the season and into December and into January and they just oh my gosh I, it was it was it was amazing it was crazy to watch and now for the patriots you're suddenly you're in the division uh you know in the wild card round for the first time in a decade it's going to be, be a lot tougher path than the patriots are used to to get to the super bowl and uh if ryan fitzpatrick looks like that against them i am scared for what's going to be the case when they have to face guys like patrick mahomes lamar jackson etc it's going to be funny you could potentially two miami dolphins quarterbacks one former one current could be the ultimately be the end of the Patriots <laughs> dynasty yes. like that like that's something to think about and certainly uh, everyone knows what we're talking about we'll talk about that team specifically in a second but pretty crazy to think about that uh, for sure so uh, the Falcons and the Bucks this was a game we probably were not gonna spend much time on uh, but we sort of have to now I guess the Falcons won 28 to 22 and really <laughs> the only perfect. way uh, it was it was absolutely perfect uh, you could not have scripted it any better. I mean, we really Hollywood's got some ideas we, just based off of Week 17 here, um, yeah. because the Falcons win it on a walk-off pick six by Jameis Winston. Ah, uh, Dylan, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's he, he joins the 30-30 club. I know it's something that's just, yeah, uh, it's. I mean, you know, look, throwing 30 touchdown passes, that's great, but. 30 interceptions in a season, not where you want to be, of course. Uh, what a just uh, what a weird season for Jameis Winston. And, and as we kept bringing up, really a weird season for both of these teams. Uh, but the future for Jameis in Tampa, that, that's going to be an interesting one. No, absolutely. Uh, I first want to note that we nailed our our over prediction here. It did take yes. a little more luck. It ended up being 49 by the time the game started, and sure enough, the pick six from Jameis perfectly capped off exactly how you'd anticipate a, a Falcons-Bucks game for the as uh, deemed by NFL.com, the battle for second place in the NFC South. So really exciting stuff <laughs> in terms of that. But yeah, Jameis, the 30-for-30 30 30 season that we didn't think could ever happen, uh, the gift that keeps on giving is Jameis Winston at this point. Very exciting guy to watch 
watch if you're not a fan of the team he plays for. And now, yeah, going into the season or in the offseason, talk about the future. I, I thought, you know, maybe they'd one year, two year kind of deal to see where they could go. But based on the comments we're seeing today from Bruce Arians, I know we just talked about the the one from Rick Stroud before uh, the podcast where he was asked if the team could win with another quarterback. And uh, the quote is, with another quarterback? Oh, yeah, if we can win with this one, we can definitely win with another <laughs> one too. So that tells you Yikes. exactly how confident he is in Jameis Winston. Now we'll see how confident the organization is. It's been a, a funky kind of how many, four or five years now it's been yeah. since he came out of Florida State and uh, – uh, where did the Bucks go from here if they don't keep Winston? I, I think there will actually be a number of interesting options available on the market uh, once we get there. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting to think about where Jameis and Marcus Mariota are both at. We were having the debate over which one would you know, ultimately be the guy, and, and really it's, uh, I mean, even with all the interceptions, I guess right now, you know, Jameis is still the guy that's probably going to get the most, uh, you know, attention of the two, but uh, pretty pretty crazy uh, to how those two uh, have had their NFL careers played out to this point. Like you said, still pretty early in their careers, but uh, it's been pretty fascinating to watch. Uh, all right, we won't spend a ton of time on this one. We pretty much expected a, a drubbing here with the Saints and the Panthers. That's exactly what happened, 42-10. to 10. The Saints uh, now locked into that number three seed, as we said earlier. They'll play the Vikings at home in New Orleans. Uh, you sort of, though, have to, to flip to the other side here. We have to at least recognize Christian McCaffrey, uh, who just once again, another monster season, comes just third player in NFL history with Roger Craig, Marshall Falk, to have 1,000 rushing yards, 1,000 receiving yards in the same season. Um, he's at least someone, you know, Dylan, that's going to – he's going to attract a lot of attention uh, mm-hmm. certainly from from coaching candidates and all that um you'd love to have someone like that to work with and uh that's just having him on the field and having him on the roster that's uh, probably should uh, attract some some pretty quality candidates there yeah absolutely they got uh, i know chiefs offensive coordinator eric being me is being interviewed as well as matt rule from baylor so they've got some interesting guys that are they're looking into but i think quarterback will be obviously a bigger concern if, if i'm a if you're a head coaching candidate thinking about joining the panthers they have a lot of the infrastructure there elsewhere but now we'll see what what you know what the deal is with cam what, whether they're going to stick with him what the whole plan is there what they're going to do uh if will greer <laughs> i mean he had some injuries in these, in these last couple of games so it's hard to really have a uh, outlook that you're uh, confident in on him but i know they've been concerns about when they drafted him as well so we'll just overall for the Panthers uh, I anticipated them being better than this I know early in the season I didn't pick them to make the playoffs but there's a lot of teams I picked to make the playoffs that did not make them <laughs> I did note that I thought the Panthers would be competitive and early in the year they were just like last year it almost the, the two seasons really mirrored the, uh, each other and yeah now it's going to be interesting to see where they go it looks like Ron Rivera their old head coach is quickly going to get another job but uh, yeah it's going to be uh, all these all these candidates um, all these different guys that are out there all these names floating around i wonder where they put the panthers in the pecking order yes christian mccaffrey uh obviously one of the best uh, talented running backs we've seen in terms of being able to catch the ball run everything you could really ask from a running back but there's there's still some other questions that begin under center for me if i'm looking at the panthers as one of the possible places i could join yep this was your lock of the week and the saints for 13 point favorites and you uh you still went with it and sure enough uh, that paid <laughs> off in a big way for sure it paid off for a lot of people who listen to you um all right the rams and the cardinals we're not going to spend any time on this one until later on because we'll get into our our playoff predictions and kind of revisit this one but uh, a pretty meaningless game for both teams the rams win at 31 to 24 they finished nine and seven cardinals five ten and one uh, in cliff kingsbury's first year there kyler murray's first season under center uh, we'll talk more about the rams here in just a bit uh, all right the next one uh, the redskins and the cowboys thanks for a little bit to talk about here um the cowboys uh, did what they had to do 47 to 16 they win this game convincingly uh if only they would have did this a few more times during the season uh they would have gotten in the playoffs but as we know uh they didn't get in the playoffs uh, uh, because of the game that followed them or was at the same time but uh, the game that followed it on our list which we'll get to in a second here uh, the Cowboys missed the playoffs uh, as of right now Jason Garrett has not been fired although you know the reports were that 
he had talked to the team, pretty much had the usual thanks for everything, which pretty much tells you what you need to know. Uh, but as everyone has pointed out with Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones, uh, Jerry Jones probably going to let this thing drag out longer than it needs to, uh, at least at this point, you would think. Uh, we don't know. We just, at this point, Dylan, we, we know he's going to get fired. Like, yeah. I just, I mean, it is what it is. Everyone's sort of leaning in that direction. You'd be very surprised if that's not the case. On the flip side, uh, a potential coaching candidate for the Cowboys, no longer available it seems, not official yet, uh, but it does sound like Ron Rivera is going to be the next coach of the Redskins. Yep, so they yeah they get their man, and uh, interesting fit there. I, I think he'll bring a, a lot of structure and a lot of the stability to an organization that has not had a whole lot lately. Obviously, we're talking about Bruce Allen being uh, gone, not just from football operations, but from the organization itself, from the Redskins. So for them, it's going to be an interesting transition now. Ron Rivera, uh, the guy that has worked with young quarterbacks before, I mean, he was Cam Newton's head coach uh, as a rookie head coach the same year he came into the NFL. So now with Haskins I think there's a lot of things that they need to do to uh, provide stability around him I, I do like the weapons we've talked about Steven Sims and Terry McLaurin and even uh, the injured Trey Quinn and so they've got some they got some weapons there running back wise if Darius guys could just stay healthy that'd be one thing obviously offensive line is my uh, as it has been since before the season we talked about it then <laughs> the one thing they're really gonna have to figure out in Washington but I think they're gonna get the a pretty good candidate to try to at least put them in the right direction uh, moving forward but yeah for the Cowboys this is a perfect kind of encapsulation of this whole season for them to blow out a bad opponent they've <laughs> they've done that a lot this year they've beaten a lot yep. of bad teams this season uh, outside of that Jets loss and they finished eight and eight and kind of sums up you see exactly also the, the missed potential you see Michael Gallup just going over guys like it was on a mission to just destroy the Redskins it felt like and the defense looks solid and they have against a lot of bad teams all year so uh, yeah just a missed potential for the Cowboys and that's kind of been the story of this of these last few years obviously we I've uh, talked about the Des Bryant uh, quote where he was he responded to a tweet about all the Cowboys players whose primes were wasted in the Jason Garrett era. Now it looks like we're moving forward. Uh, eventually, like you're saying, by the time this gets published, who knows at uh, the podcast that uh, he could be gone at that point. Um, there's our, everything's leaning that way. I don't think there's. Uh, I would be a real shock if he somehow stayed in Dallas. I don't think it's going to happen at this point, especially after how this year went. Uh, maybe they should have pulled the trigger a little bit earlier. I know last season kind of maybe saved his job, but um, all the things that went right for the Cowboys to finish 10 and 6 and win the division last year went wrong this year and now it's it's got to be one of the more attractive jobs in my opinion still even with the whole show even with all the drama Jerry Jones all the things you have to deal with I think the amount of talent that Dallas has at this point can't be ignored by any of these candidates no that's the case for sure and um it's uh, yeah I don't know it it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out and and where Jerry Jones goes next, um, you know, with Ron Rivera now heading to Washington, uh, knowing that, you know, Urban Meyer's out there. He's someone that's been mentioned a lot. We mentioned all the different coordinators, Mike McCarthy, Josh McDaniels, guys like that uh, who are all possibilities for, for all these different teams. You mentioned Eric Bieniemy. Uh, it's it's going to be fascinating, but what else do we expect uh, when it comes to the Cowboys? We know it's going to be interesting, and uh, it's going to play out, I'm sure, in spectacular uh, fashion. So, <laughs> Uh, all right, so the Cowboys are not in the playoffs, and we know why. That's because the Eagles beat the Giants 34-17. to uh, Winners, you know, I said on our, our predictions post that <laughs> or, our episode where I was said, okay, I just got that feeling that this is going to be one of those games where, you know, I could see the Giants winning this game. Uh, going into the fourth quarter, I was like, all right, maybe I've got something here. Uh, but it didn't happen. The Eagles uh, went 34-17, to like I mentioned. Uh, they pull away. Boston Scott, Dylan, he is going to be as legendary in Philadelphia <laughs> yes. as you are in Los Angeles because um, what a performance. And I tell you, and you saw a lot of people bringing this up, but for the Eagles to get to the playoffs with this group that they had on the field, knowing their injury situation and all that throughout the season, for anyone that dare question Carson Wentz and <laughs> gave him all this flack, and some of it was deserved mm-hmm. at times, but, man, to get this team to the playoffs with 
the group, like you said, that they had on the field a lot of the time because of injuries and all that, mm-hmm. pretty outstanding feat for the Eagles. Yeah, they had the, the note on the Eagles' Twitter. They called it the Boston TD Party. I thought that was perfect yeah. for exactly what Boston Scott was able to do. I mean, the guy has looked good in certain stretches this year filling in, but, man, with when Miles Sanders went down, he did not flinch and was absolutely incredible. I know his per-carry average wasn't amazing, but he was a huge threat out of the out of the backfield in the passing game. And overall, the guy that uh, outside of, you know, that one the one forced fumble uh, where they fumble, recover at the two-yard line to kind of put the final nail in the coffin for the Giants, um, I thought he was a huge part of that uh, resurgence in that game. They were not playing that well for a large stretch of the day, and the Giants were sticking around. And you could you had the sense where they're going back and forth between the Cowboys game and everyone kind of scoreboard watching there and seeing it's a tie game. And then the Eagles just kind of came in waves. And as you just mentioned, yeah, Carson Wentz looked. He was making some incredible <laughs> throws. And uh, yeah, when it comes down to it, when he needs to get a victory, he needs to make some big throws. It kind of was the same case against the Cowboys last week. Not perfect the whole game. Uh, the elements weren't perfect in either game as well but he he made a lot of really pinpoint passes where I know the Giants secondary we can say what you will about them and how much they've struggled but there were guys right there and he was putting the ball on his receivers making things work with guys again like Greg Ward and all the all these uh, targets that we're not used to Perkins I mean these guys are yep. not the guys we anticipated before the year and for the Eagles yeah I think they're going to be at this point they win the division not not uh, how the season uh, didn't really go how they planned but they're still in the playoffs still got a chance to make a little bit of a run i'm not sure how far they can possibly go i'm not thinking this is a super bowl team but i won't be surprised whatsoever if they beat seattle with uh, how this team has come together and if carson wentz plays at this level yeah that's gonna be a fun one we'll get more into it uh here obviously throughout the week uh and talk more about that specific matchup uh, plus the seahawks here in just a few uh, all right these next two games uh we'll talk more about these four teams probably once we go into the offseason uh not much of note here uh the raiders we tried to give them every chance we could to make the playoffs uh it just didn't bounce their way and ultimately it wouldn't matter because they lost to the broncos 16 15 denver wins that game Raiders finished seven and nine. Broncos finished seven and nine. Uh, certainly, John Gruden's, uh, I guess, his season-ending press conference today wasn't really ready to commit to Derek Carr as the quarterback for next year, mm-hmm. and wasn't really ready to commit to anything. Um, you know, knowing that they're going to have some big decisions to make to, for them to try to take that next step forward. Uh, then the Colts and the Jags. Uh, this game, you know, didn't really go. I think as we expected it to. But what do you know? It's the AFC South, and that's no surprise. The Jags won at 38-20. to Colts finished the season 7-9, of course, as we know. Not the season we expected uh, because Andrew Luck retired right before the season starts. Uh, the Jags, 6-10, uh, and 10, no decision made yet on Doug Marone's future, so I'm sure we'll talk more about that uh, as they uh, decide what they're going to do there in terms of uh, their future head coach. Uh, the next one, the Ravens and the Steelers. Uh, the Ravens win at 28-10. to 10. Uh, They finished 14-2 easily. I mean, just without question, the hottest team in the NFL. Uh, They have just been on a tear for the Steelers, Dylan. It was a... It was a season that, um, you know, like it's really to be at 8-8 eight and eight is probably a big surprise. I don't think anyone expected them to be that good once uh, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger got hurt, knowing kind of the injury situation they've had all year long. James Conner's been injured all season. Uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster has been injured for the majority. Like, they've both just been in and out of the lineup. For them mm-hmm. to be 8-8, eight and eight, I mean, it's, it's probably, you know, not bad and to at least have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, they won't get in, as we know. Uh, but uh, for the Steelers, they've got something they're gonna have an interesting offseason too because they've got to make their defense is so good as we know uh but they'll certainly have to make some decisions on offense and then for the ravens uh they go into the playoffs uh, again just hot as can be (laughs) Yeah, so often we talk about teams with great offenses and we wonder, wow, if they just had a better defense, where could they go? And it's the complete opposite for the Steelers. Yeah. You, you can't waste this these years of this Steelers defense. I think they're just going to stay uh, dominant and get even better. I mean, they're so young and so fast and so many good things for them to build on. But in this game... Uh, I, I mean, they played pretty well, but they still couldn't stop the run and no one's really been able to stop the Ravens on the ground, even when Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram aren't in there. 
that was the story of this one. I mean, the Ravens break the all-time record for most rushing yards in the season, which I didn't even know before the day uh, was uh, something that was possibly going to happen. So it, it's nuts <laughs> to think about a team in, in 2019 breaking a record that's over 40 years old. I think it was the 78 Patriots held it before. And it's just remarkable what they've been able to do with that offensive line, even with some of the injuries they've faced up front. They continue to just bowl through teams. Uh, you know, we talked before the <laughs> before the game when we both picked the Ravens about whether you'd rather have uh, Robert Griffin over Duck Hodges combined both guys uh, had a cube uh, QB rating of, of about 90 combined so about 45 <laughs> apiece not exactly a, a game for QB lovers but the Ravens just show their dominance how deep they are on both sides of the ball how much they've been able to dominate in the ground and yeah 14 and 2 their first number one seed since moving from Cleveland to Baltimore and it's exciting for them uh, to see what they're able to do that I they couldn't be clicking any better than this and I know uh, the both of their coordinators uh, defensive and offensive coordinators Greg Roman and Wink Martin- Martindale are both in high demand so we'll see how long Long, all of this is together this might be you know I, I don't think they're going to take a necessarily a step back when those guys leave just given the infrastructure that they've built there but uh, this is an opportunity for a team that is not like many of the dominant offenses we've seen in the last 20 years a very different setup and it's uh couldn't be more excited to watch the playoffs with the Ravens at the front of it yeah they may have some coordinators leave but uh, unless they're bringing a guy named Lamar with them uh, I think it's probably gonna <laughs> going to be a little bit different uh, in their new spots uh, wherever they do wind up or if they ultimately take uh, new jobs. But like you said, Steelers, number one seed, locked in, and uh, they will await uh, their opponents here uh, in uh, a couple weeks. So, uh, all right, an AFC South game that finally goes the way we expected it to, and uh, more specifically a Titans (laughs) game that finally goes the way we expected it to. The Titans are in the playoffs. Uh, They controlled their destiny, and they took care of business with uh, a nice 35 to 14 win against the Texans as I talked the whole week going in was that the you know the Texans may try to play to win the game we said it there was no way that was going to happen they were going to try to win but they weren't going to play all their starters Mm -hmm. Uh, that just simply wasn't going to be the case and uh, that was you know the situation in this game which allowed the Titans uh, to ultimately get the win Derrick Henry to claim the NFL rushing title and uh, he only needed 211 yards to do it Uh, just a a (laughs) tremendous tremendous performance from him Uh, obviously the one big long run there at the end uh, to clinch it take it away from Nick Chubb as if the Browns needed anything else to be upset about Um, but he was dominant in this game and uh, for the Titans, uh, we should have known. I mean, look, I said it for the season. This is, you know, the Titans are a 9-7 and seven franchise. <laughs> well, they finished 9-7 and seven again for the fourth straight season. And the good news is this time, you know, it's enough to get them in the playoffs. And we'll certainly talk more about their, their wild card uh, matchup against the Patriots later on. But here they are, Dylan. They, they made it. <laughs> Yeah, it's manifest destiny for the Titans to go nine and seven. <laughs> Hopefully, next year for their sake, they'll be even better. I mean, they they went seven and three. I, uh, just looking back under Ryan Tannehill, and this team definitely transformed on offense. The issues on defense we've talked about. The secondary is still in little flashes here and there made AJ McCarron look like he was back on the Bengals in 2015. But um, overall, still not surprised. As we said before the game, they weren't going to, especially when the Chiefs won. There was nothing to play for, and even then, between the three and the four, uh, the three and the four seed, I'm not really sure how much. Uh, uh, you want to be in there and that situation anyway it didn't really make a huge difference uh, especially if you're going to possibly have anyone go down uh, in terms of the Texans a team that's barely you know as we've talked about really top heavy in terms of relying on their tops and stars and after that uh, you see in this game <laughs> it's not like the Ravens when they, they take their starters out and they can still uh, get the job done the Texans became a more of a hollow defense there's uh, one of my favorite tweets from the day from Bleacher Reports Mike Freeman he said that Derrick Henry was uh, making a lot of guys and the Texans make business decisions they didn't they want to know part of him i know he earned every one of those 211 yards but there were guys that were just bailing a little bit earlier than they might watching him roll through the, the titans had a mission they, they accomplished it and now as you said we could go from another one dolphins uh quarterback yep. to another here that could end their uh, maybe end or at least uh end, you know get closer to the end of the patriots dynasty as well as a, a former patriot you have brian flores a uh, former defensive coordinator there in miami and then now with mike Vrabel, a former yeah. uh, you know, part of those patriots super bowl teams part of the beginning of this dynasty it would be quite fitting for him to be the one to, to beat the Patriots um, in this situation and the last time the Patriots I just thinking back the last time they played in the wild card round they got smoked by the Ravens I think yeah. they lost 33 to 14 back in 2009 season uh, it would have been January 2010 so uh, an unfamiliar spot for them and a Titans team that has at this point I don't feel like they're really feeling much pressure compared to New England this is a team that's just going to go out there and try to ball 
Yep, Belichick's master plan. Uh, he's going to, you know, he handpicked two guys, Mike Vrabel and Brian Flores, and said, all right, you two are going to be the next, you're going to be the future. So let's uh, <laughs> let's just take care of this now. And, uh, no, we know that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, the Titans uh, been back in the playoffs and, uh, like we said, playing really well right now. And so uh, they'll have some confidence uh, going in to play the Patriots. We'll talk more about that one later in the week. And uh, it was fitting that the NFL regular season went in on a game like this one with the 49ers uh, getting a 26-21 win against the Seahawks in Seattle in dramatic fashion. And really, Dylan, it was perfect for the 49ers too. Like this was this was exactly what you would expect for this team. Uh, a big defensive play would ultimately be what sort of helps them, uh, you know, get this win, clinch the number one seed in the NFC, win the division, all that good stuff. Um, and uh, what can we say? That's another one of those teams where a lot of people, myself included, took a little while to get on the bandwagon, but 13 and three. Uh, a clinching win like this to grab that number one seed and now uh, they have mm-hmm. a ton of confidence uh, here in, in the playoffs yeah absolutely the 49ers even though yes the second half of the year the defense has not been the same they, they showed the graphic of all their guys up front DeForest Buckner Bosa and Armstead how they have so many sacks early in the year not so many as, as of late and sure I mean there is some concerns the 49ers every game down the stretch has come down to the wire but they've all been against uh, really quality opponents yeah, but you still feel like this one for example they, they win by five but this is a game that if they handled their business they, they felt like they were in charge most of the game it was just Russell Wilson finding repeat repeatedly uh, getting third down conversions just finding a way to scratch and claw keep the, them in it then you have the the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the on the 49ers that sets back a potential third and short right there at the end when they're trying to run the clock out so there are a lot of little things that went against them but that didn't stop them they, they persevered and fought and uh, definitely one of the most exciting finishes i mean we just had that <laughs> clemson ohio state game over the weekend that was just so insane um in terms of how everything went down to the wire this kind of had a f- similar feel you're every going right down um, uh, so much on the line not just for these two teams obviously especially for the 49ers from the one of the five seed the, the Seahawks at this point had to play regardless this coming weekend but for the the Saints to go 13 and 3 and now they have a no buy and the Packers possibly getting the one seed there's just so much in play <laughs> so many people uh you know into this game that weren't fans of these teams it was just a great time and I, I don't I I w- hope that overall the narrative doesn't come down too much to that missed PI uh call where they didn't even review it um on, on in the end zone uh, with Hollis and I believe it was uh, Warner. So, yeah, that was a. It, that's exactly why the rule is supposed to exist. <laughs> um, I just want to address it. Like this seems, this is like the time for this rule. And sure enough, uh, indirectly, it's the Saints again that kind of get screwed by the by nothing being reviewed as they miss out on a bye. Uh, it wasn't a guarantee they would have scored from the one there. There would have been only about nine seconds, I believe. But yeah, I, I think when I when I look back at it, I'm more shocked of what what the heck were the Seahawks doing, not having a play ready to run even on first down, maybe a quick fade or something um instead of spiking the ball then you follow that up with the delay of game that for me it's uh as a team that has uh, succeeded as well as seattle has and uh, how great they've been in the pete carroll era i was just shocked to, that they were not more prepared for that moment they it was they were surprised on that fourth and ten conversion where they got down to the two or one yard line they were, they, they were like wait we didn't score and or we didn't not convert it was just I, I don't know how in that situation you're not better prepared and um but at the end of the day i felt like san francisco was a better team and the team that uh, over the course of this year i mean you look at the point differentials this is a team that deserved to be the top seed the nfc and there's uh, for the first time since 1997 it's going to be an exciting uh, playoff and yeah Seattle now you go from possibly a home game where they haven't been that great at home they showed the stats about that you know since the middle of about two seven, uh, 2017 they've been a pretty average team at home um, now they're going to have to go to Philadelphia and it's not going to be easy yep won't be easy at all uh, and uh, it was certainly uh, quite a regular season that's for sure but as we go through all those games uh, the playoffs are set and uh, quickly I'm sure anyone listening knows the matchups but uh, the Saturday wildcard matchups uh the bills at the texans uh in the early game the titans at the patriots in the late game on sunday you've got the vikings at the saints in the early game and the seahawks at the eagles in the late game so that's the wild card round and yes with all the playoff uh seeds set um dylan that means it's time to <laughs> revisit uh our playoff predictions and uh, we made all of our picks going into the season. Uh, it was one that uh, probably one of our most downloaded episodes, which means everyone knows uh, where we went wrong. 
Um, we'll quickly run through these. Obviously, a couple of them we'll spend a little bit more time on than others. Uh, the AFC East, I don't think any surprise. We both picked the Patriots. <laughs> uh, the Patriots won. I think pretty much the points that we made uh, were that there were really no other challengers in the division. Ultimately, uh, you know, the Bills got a bit closer than we expected. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but it was the Patriots uh, that were the team that, that wound up winning that division uh, for a 67th straight year or whatever it was uh, <laughs> to the NFC West, uh, which uh, we both picked the Rams. And mm-hmm. here's where we take a pit stop and talk a little bit about the Rams. Um, you know, we, we said it, Jared Goff's struggles, uh, you know, the, the line, just it was just one of those seasons where – I don't know. Like, like we saw the emergence of the Niners. Um, we saw, you know, the Seahawks play really well. And, we, you know, like it just the, the Rams had too many of those games where they just, you know, I think the couple of ones that spring to mind for me, mm-hmm. well, I guess there's probably three. Um, <laughs> although the Cowboys won the most recent one, you know, maybe yeah. not. It wasn't a huge deal because we are pretty much already knew what to expect. But the other two had to be the one against the Bucks and the one against the Ravens. Uh, those two games just sort of signified just, man, like they just they had some really bad, bad games. And ultimately, you know, a couple games like that wound up keeping them out of the playoffs. Yeah, was, it's rough looking back as someone who sides with this franchise and this organization. <laughs> I still have confidence in what they're able to do moving forward, but I am concerned, as I've brought up before, about the whole possibility of Bruce Allen being brought in, even if it's just as a consultant. I don't really want <laughs> the Rams to have any part of uh, anything that was happening with the Redskins the last 10 years. But no, overall this year, it, it comes down to a lot of imbalance in terms of uh, they just couldn't get it clicking at the same time for both sides of the ball. It felt like for a lot of the year, the defense was carrying them. And as we had talked about, they're a top 10 unit on D- and DVOA wise on defense. And the offense just was struggling so much. And just a, a lot of games, I, I think about the Steeler game, for example, where they just continually... Uh, made mistakes did not take advantage of opportunities even when the when their defense gave them a touchdown on the first uh, possession of the game so uh, you have that coinciding with the offense kind of figuring it out finally these last five weeks they have the the dominating win against the Seahawks I mean they have the game against the Cowboys they did not play well there but overall over the last three weeks in particular the defense just kind of uh, caved in and now you're having the rumors about whether that means Wade Phillips is going to be gone I'm not sure if that's the best thing <laughs> for a team that uh, you know when McVeigh came in with Phillips that was such a huge thing for you know having that kind of veteran presence along with such a young coach as they brought together a 4-12 and team and you know boosted them to 11-5 one season later so uh, yeah I'm, I mean I'm I'm not shocked that the 49ers were good. I'm shocked they're this good. Seattle's probably about where they thought they would. 11-5 and five might be a little bit better than they actually played this season. You know, the missed field goal against the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, even with all these things that we're talking about, you have the missed field goal on the final play in Seattle that would have flipped that game for the Rams beating Seattle. And then you also have, the, you know, the miss, the broken coverages and some of the little things that happened in the Week 16 game against the 49ers. You flip those. It's just all the little breaks the Rams got to go 13 and three last year they're probably about a really an 11 and 5 12 and 4 kind of team given how good they had played but they got a lot of breaks last year they got none of them this year and so there there is that hoping that it will kind of regress back to the, towards the meme in terms of uh getting some of these little things to go your way but still concerns about whether jared goff can really you know excel without a lot of other pieces around him playing well we'll see what they do with Gurley. they could they actually could do you know get out of the deal with him i'm not sure if that's going to happen um but uh yeah at this point with the rams it's it's just a lot of you're just hoping they didn't try to go all in too quickly on an, on, an, on a window that now maybe is closed yep uh that's that's the case and like i said it ultimately just couldn't beat it couldn't be enough good teams i mean they you know they had that win early in the season against the saints which as we know the drew Brees situation then uh, and then you know beyond that really that win against the seahawks that's about it like that's the only mm-hmm. good team they beat the rest yeah. of the ways the browns end up being bad the falcons are bad the Bengals are bad on down the line um so yeah that that was what hurt them and like we like i mentioned earlier just those two wacky games that they had well i guess the ravens would ultimately prove to not be all that wacky uh but that one against the bucks uh where they were three and one to that one and then just gave up 55 points to the james and company uh yeah one of those seasons uh for the rams all right the afc south which surprisingly we're not going to spend in really we already talked about uh the two teams that will be in the playoffs there uh as for our picks 
Ah, we both missed. Although Dylan gets the <laughs> Dylan gets the edge here because his team got in the playoffs. Uh, I picked the Colts. I thought that they would still have enough uh, to be able to win this division. As we said, we didn't have any idea what was going to play out with this division. Dylan picked the Titans, um, and <laughs> specifically. Uh, Dylan's note uh, here on our our spreadsheet I'm looking at from our picks. Dylan's first note when he picked the Titans was that the Titans have gone nine and seven the last three seasons, and this year that could win the division. Well, sorry, Dylan, <laughs> they did go nine and seven again. You got that part right, but it wasn't enough for them to win the division, uh, as you know we know the Texans uh, did that. Neither of us picked the Texans, so. There's another uh, miss uh, on our part with yeah. that one, and, and certainly we'll we'll be talking more about those two teams uh, here as we look ahead to the playoff matchups. Uh, the NFC South, we did get this one right. Uh, we both picked the Saints. Uh, we did feel like that there was uh, you know another team that could be in that mix, and it was the Falcons, which uh, we'll, we'll discuss <laughs> here in a minute as well. Um, that didn't play out like we thought it would, but we did get the Saints right. That was Honestly, that was probably one of the easier ones, uh, I think, aside from the Patriots, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we knew the Saints were going to be in a position, and, and everything played out, although the, the Drew Brees injury uh, you know, yeah. probably made us question some things early in the season. Uh, the same probably could be said for the AFC West, which we both picked the Chiefs there. Um, I did say I'd be surprised if Patrick Mahomes wasn't the MVP for a second straight season. And, well, you know, seeing how Lamar Jackson has played, not so <laughs> surprised there. Um, Mahomes' entry, you know, sort of midway through, probably made us look at the AFC West. We, we mentioned several weeks ago, you know, looking at the Raiders uh, still being in the mix. But uh, the Chiefs get another one, and uh, that moves us on to what was probably our toughest pick uh, in terms of our divisional Predictions, the mm-hmm. NFC North, and I decided to be bold, go with the Vikings, and you decided to take the Packers, and you got the glory of that one uh, in one night in Minnesota because um, <laughs> it was the Packers clinching the division there, Dylan. But really, it's so funny because we look back at our pick for this one, and we just kept looking at the Bears and thinking, man, are we are we going to pick both of these two teams over the Bears? And sure enough, uh, it was probably the better option. Yeah, we were smart to do that. I know we talked a lot about the Bears and their tough schedule, and uh, you know, I still I believe it will get down to it when we look at the the uh, wild card picks. I still think I put them in, regretting that immensely, given you know <laughs> putting my faith in a Mitch Trubisky run team with that tough a schedule. It definitely is something that uh, in future seasons I'm going to evaluate. And I know reading before the year a lot of uh, some of the things I was reading from Warren Sharp and guys like that uh, was that you know schedule strength is a thing that is really underrated. <laughs> And you just when you play just so many good teams back to back to back and uh, so many tough matchups, it really can take a toll. Um, so yeah, with our, both of our picks, so luckily we didn't pick the Bears. Uh, I still thought you were a good pick, good pick with the Vikings. I was not <laughs> incredibly confident the Packers would finish thirteen and three. Now they're it's a they haven't really again lived up to the expectations of a team that is thirteen and three. But here they are. Aaron Rodgers did not look as good as I thought. There were growing pains, not just in the offense, but really more about uh, him as. A quarterback you know possibly taking a step back I know in pr- previous years we've seen some of these little things that we haven't before in terms of inaccurate throws on on passes that he just never missed before but yeah the defense that was one thing we talked about uh, or I put in my notes here about the secondary improving their pass rush immensely improved I mean Zadarius Smith could not have been a better addition he's pr- kind of the perfect for agent for what that team needed in terms of what he provided rushing the passer but also just the mentality of uh, and for that whole uh, team being kind of a leader for them quickly I think that has been really big and yeah another note i had about matt lafleur unleashing aaron jones and you know at certain points this year there was still some frustration with his usage especially early in the year when they were playing all those teams that were so good against the run but over the course of the year i thought aaron jones looked really dynamic and now yeah here they are uh still even if they haven't been as good home field advantage getting the number two seed they're going to be a tough out well you got that one right um but we at least both had those two teams in the playoffs so that was a nice boost of confidence for us uh but we swinged and missed on the afc north uh because (laughs) (laughs) sorry ravens fans Uh, i don't know maybe we just we didn't put enough stock in lamar jackson's improvement because uh i picked the steelers and i think we all knew right away that my pick wasn't going to pan out uh when roethlisberger went out early uh and you know obviously at that point we're thinking okay well this is not going to happen so what was the next best option early in the season well (laughs) maybe it's what dylan's pick was and dylan took the big step forward 
and made the Browns his pick as the winner of the AFC North. Um, I, I don't know. Both of us. Listen, mine was more injury situation. Dylan, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. Oh, wait, I forgot that, uh, yes, we'll get to my wild card picks in here in just a second. <laughs> yeah, I said I really just wanted to see a home playoff game in Cleveland. That still <laughs> remains the case. I still would love to see that. Same goes for the Buffalo Bills. I think to both those fan bases, it would just be the atmosphere would be beyond electric. Um, obviously, that did not pan out. Things really, I mean, I, ta- I did mention, you know, the questions of the offensive line. They were worse than I could have imagined. But even then, Mayfield, you know, <laughs> I might put here Mayfield is the real deal. He did not look like the real deal this season. It wasn't just the the system. There are a lot of misthrows, a lot of questions about leadership, just so many things that went wrong. And now they have to reevaluate where they are. They had a you know a much easier schedule than the year before, but still couldn't get it done. Just a really undisciplined team, a team that you know there's there's all the the comments about uh, Freddie Kitchens not really being prepared game prep wise as a head coach compared to a lot of uh, people around the NFL. And uh, yeah, I think this is a huge just for both of us though to, to overlook the Ravens so much. I mean, they had uh, you know and Lamar Jackson when he took over, they only lost the one regular season game a year ago to the Chiefs. They lose in the first round of the Chargers, and I think. I personally just put too much stock into how the Chargers were able to defend Lamar Jackson really slow that offense did not anticipate you know I, I, I again put the you know I could have easily picked the Ravens and sure I, I thought they could still be good but the Ravens have taken a step forward that um, not a ton of people maybe have predicted I know there's some uh, some people out there that have been like hey I picked the Ravens to get the one seed all this stuff and it's like great but uh, I really did not <laughs> see them coming together this well this quickly especially on defense too where you know early in the year they started out not so great in the Ravens defense now probably a top five unit um, and <laughs> you combine that with how electric and explosive their offense has been they've just added elements instead of just kind of taking what they'd done early in uh, you know in Lamar Jackson's tenure last season and all the things they had success with they just built on and built on and added on and added different layers to this offense to the point now where it's not you know, and until we have some genius defensive coordinator come up with a, a brilliant way to stop them I just don't think it's getting done because they're on top of the you know the scheme they're just that talented and that physical up front and that offensive line is up there with the best in the NFL at this point yep uh well we uh didn't do well there in that division but we did ultimately wind up getting a, a victory in the NFC East we both took the Eagles to start the season we sort of gave our reasons why um you know why we we thought the Eagles would get it over the Cowboys and I think the one that really stood out is and we said it earlier about how the Cowboys just beat up on bad teams but you said the regression in one score games uh, could be something for the Cowboys <laughs> and and ultimately it's pretty much on the money because uh the Cowboys lost a lot of one score games and it's something where you know that's what held them out I mean they they lost one score games to uh, teams, I mean, really to, to good teams for the most part, but they just couldn't, you know, like we said, they were they were busy blowing out bad teams, but they just couldn't get it done, you know, make the plays they need to make down the stretch against good teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm counting them up right now, six – uh, seven one-score losses out of their eight. <laughs> so there you go. Just not exactly yep. what you want. I mean, yeah, they, they played some good teams tough. I mean, I, I, I completely forgot about that early season game against the Saints. It was such a weird game. The Saints yep. won 12 to 10 with Teddy Bridgewater under center. So, I mean, yeah, the defense at certain times was solid. And overall, uh, you know, the numbers, as we've talked about in the last podcast, were better than last season. They had a much higher uh, <laughs> point differential ranked in the top five in DVOA on offense the entire year. Still probably going to be at the end of the year once these week 17 uh results kind of get put into the formula so um you know i I felt better about the eagles i didn't i I didn't think uh the cowboys would be kind of at this level in terms of you know i didn't make i didn't pick them to make the playoffs which ended up panning out but i still thought they'd be better than this which is kind of funny to think it's just more about i thought the eagles would be so much better than they are sure we we both we both get this pick right they had the third easiest schedule going into the season in the nfl a team that uh, as as i noted then uh, being so successful on early downs uh, with Wentz the previous season whenever you know 
know, first and second down there. A lot of very often completely avoided third downs. That was not the yep. case so much of this year. A, a lot more <laughs> of a, a, a battle. I, you know, just looking at the even the Giants game, I forgot to note the, the comment they had about, I think it was Miles Sanders had to wait in line for the blue medical tent because there were just so many injuries and you know, there were guys just waiting to go in there. It's just ridiculous what they've gone through injury-wise. The depth at receiver was tested beyond anything I think they uh, expected offensive line as well. And yeah, I mean, just health is a, a big factor in this. But for the Eagles, I, even beyond that, I don't think they were the dominant team I predicted at the end of the uh, beginning of the year when I picked them to win this division. Well, and, and quickly we'll go into this. I, I tagged you on Twitter a couple days ago after the season, or it was I think it was before before the Week 17 yeah. games. Um, and there was a graphic out there. It's from a Twitter user at third and 16. So the graphic was um, it, the NFL standings if every one score game was flipped. <laughs> well, the Cowboys would have won the NFC at 12 and three, um, and the Chargers would have won the AFC at 12 and three. So those are the two teams really all season long. I mean, the Chargers, we, we've said many times how they just find ways to lose some of these games. So maybe that's not a huge surprise. But the Cowboys won. I mean, that pretty much supports what we've said in that, look, they just they couldn't win those one-scores games. If they make some different plays here or there, uh, they're easily in the playoffs. But uh, just was not the case uh, for Dallas. And as we said, likely looking at a coaching change. Although I think as we've been recording this, looks like that uh, no decision been made yet. And not ex- not exactly sure uh, when that decision is going to be made uh, by Jerry Jones. All right, the NFC Wild Cards. Uh, I was freaking out because we got to this point, and I said, "Oh my goodness, have I really left out the Bears and the Cowboys?" And <laughs> look at that! All that worrying for nothing because um, I went with the Packers and the Falcons. Um, as we know, one of those worked out a lot better than the others. You went with the Bears and the Falcons, so uh, that was <laughs> not ideal on your part. Um, but, man, we we had really high hopes for the Falcons again. And uh, as we said, just uh, another season where things did not pan out. And really, I will say I'm a little surprised that, uh, you know, I've always – Dan Quinn, I, I thought maybe early on, uh, you know, he got him to the Super Bowl. I thought he maybe some undeserved criticism, you know, with the injuries they had last year. But I know they had injuries too this year. But man, mm-hmm. it was a little surprising, I guess, uh, to, to see him come back there. Yeah, I'm not. I'm kind of shocked as well. I mean, at this point. Uh, is it going to take another seven and nine season? It's kind of yeah. we're, we're joking about the the Titans when uh, becoming the, literally the epitome of nine and seven. Yeah. Um, now it's like the Falcons have taken on the Jeff Fisher of teams with these, all these <laughs> seven and nine seasons. They're putting up in the same kind of story here, where you know early in the year just lose so many games, and then by the time they really find the rhythm, it's all over. But even then, it's still not pretty. Uh, it, it takes a pick six from off uh, Jameis Winston. I mean, everyone in the NFL basically this year has gotten one of those to win this last game and of course it was from Deion Jones the guy that is still you know such an important piece of that team and it just hasn't mattered because they've just been so kind of hollow on defense and they have the the performances like we see against the Saints uh, some of their uh, you know they obviously beat the Niners late in the year and that that game uh, probably their best performance even beyond the Saints game I, I felt like the Niners weren't playing incredibly bad and they still lost that game to Atlanta so you see the talent you see why we both thought uh, you know <laughs> both at least tried to convince ourselves maybe to pick them to win the division luckily we didn't do that but uh yeah at the end of the day i mean uh could have stuck with the safe route if we really wanted by picking the seahawks to get back in i think the niners were a team that uh you know we, we did talk about on that podcast and what they've done is beyond anything i thought they'd be able to do especially on defense going from one of the worst defenses to the one of the best and um as as they got healthier on offense this year you see what kyle shanahan can really do with the team so and uh, of course the Falcons probably wishing they had found a way to uh, keep him because now <laughs> yeah if you're a Falcons fan it's got to be frustrating watching the guy that helped your offense become one of the best NFL now I, I know you get that little bit of revenge in week 15 but he's the number one seed in the NFL and uh, the <laughs> NFC in the playoffs and you're going to be watching the playoffs from home well as if those wild card picks weren't bad enough in the NFC let's get to the ones <laughs> in the AFC because uh, I took the Browns and the Chargers Um, which, again, these are all going to tie together because I took the Browns because I picked the Steelers to win the NFC North. You took the Steelers and the Chargers because you took the Browns to win the the AFC North. Excuse me. Um, So we just bad, bad all around here. Um, (laughs) We... We, we somehow relied on the Browns and the Chargers uh, to feel like they were ready to take that next step. 
that didn't happen. The Steelers, uh, we mentioned the injury situations and all that. Um, AFC wildcard picture was not uh, our finest set of predictions, that's for sure. Yeah, I let my my disappointment in Bill O'Brien and my uh, kind of biased <laughs> opinion of uh, him get in the way of picking the Texans. But as you mentioned, at least I got the Titans. So I think at the end of this, I'd have to look back through. I think we both got seven of the 12. I think that's right. <laughs> uh, seven of the 12 playoff teams, me four in the AFC, because you'll kind of slide the Titans in, I guess. I uh, missed out on both of my wildcard picks here. but And then you got the Vikings on the NFC side. So yeah, we we, we did our best, but it is, it is pretty difficult. Yeah, I did not expect the Chargers to, in particular, drop this low. The Steelers, obviously, some of the injuries they had early in the year. I didn't anticipate the Steelers' defense jumping up and being as good as it was. Uh, I, I made a note about my concerns with their defense, sure enough, uh, over the course of the year. they If you look at their stats compared to the last few seasons, they've really made a huge leap there. I just thought their offense would be good enough, and they've just missed the playoffs the, playoffs the year before. Of course, no, I didn't anticipate the whole Ben Roethlisberger thing so with, with them it's not as surprising to me as the Chargers uh, you know going from 12 and 4 to 5 and 11 I know they are another team that just continues to find ways to lose games and uh, close games and we'll see what they do next year we'll see what the, the situation is at quarterback if Phillip Rivers is indeed done there but yeah it's uh, another team that you look at kind of similar different but similar to the Falcons in terms of a team that you look at all of the talent they have and how it just hasn't managed to come together this year yep uh well, the good, the good positive that we have here is that both of our Super Bowl picks are still intact. Um, I had the Chiefs you over the Saints. So I was going to say, mine, <laughs> mine probably looks a little bit better than yours right now, but I had the Chiefs over the Saints. Uh, you had the Eagles over the Chiefs. So, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, Dylan really needs you to, to be even better here. <laughs> if, you, if you lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl with this, you are going to – I don't know. Like you're you're going to replace Rocky Balboa because um, <laughs> this would just be a unbelievable uh, feat if that uh, happens there for the Eagles. So, all right, that wraps up uh, our fun look at uh, back at our predictions, uh, Week 17. Uh, real quickly, Dylan, before uh, we uh, start to give out all our plugs, uh, look at all the stuff we have on Clutch Points. We'll go into all the playoff games here. Uh, in our, our episode later in the week. But uh, real quickly, the wild card round, which game are you most intrigued by here uh, as we get ready to, to look ahead? Because I'll tell you, for me, yeah. I, I think it has to be... I think it has to be the I think it has to be the Titans and the Patriots because I just (laughs) and and the more I look at them all I'm like you know you could say Vikings Saints but it's like Mm. I I don't see the Vikings winning that game and it's like the Seahawks Eagles I guess that's a toss-up but really uh, the way I look at it is yeah you know I don't know what to expect from either one of these teams really Bills, Texans, yeah, you know, I no disrespect to <laughs> no disrespect to either one of those two teams, but you don't look at either one of those right now and feel like they're Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. I don't feel like the Titans are a Super Bowl contender, but the fact that this this setup here with the Titans at the Patriots, uh, you know, all these questions mm-hmm. about Brady's future, what's next for the Patriots, they've just they haven't been the same this season. They just come off a loss to the Dolphins. I am so fascinated to see how they respond here against a red hot Titans team. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, with Ryan. Tannehill playing like he's playing Derrick Henry uh it's just AJ Brown I this this one should be a lot of fun yeah we'll get into our full breakdowns like you're saying on the next one but yeah absolutely uh when you asked the question just now and I quickly thought about it and I was like oh this is a no-brainer for me it has to be <laughs> Titans Patriots uh, as excited as, as I am to watch the Bills and what they might be able to do against Houston I think that's going to be an interesting matchup with that defense and uh, the Texans offense with all the star power they have yeah Saints Vikings have maybe would have been more intrigued if the Vikings were playing like they did when they yeah. kind of turned around the ship in the middle of the season now at this point I'm not anticipating <laughs> them going to New Orleans and winning the Saints look like a, a full machine like they did at the end of last season I think they're looking potentially as, as the best team at this point at, at least last week they were the best team looking wise in the NFC so I think that you know don't really question that game and then <laughs> the last one a lot of a lot of uh, different things on both sides a lot of weaknesses that give me pause so yeah and this one we're, we're talking about a team we haven't seen uh, a, a dynasty that we haven't seen in this position like we we're talking about earlier in the podcast in 10 years 
years and now they're facing a, a titans team that you know the defense has been pretty bad but you know the, the patriots have struggled against all sorts of defenses this year uh, they've been pretty good against the run though and that's one thing that is going to be kind of uh, a tough fact for the uh, patriots we've been talking about how much they've relied on the the smash mouth style of offense to kind of set things up for the passing game and just overall how they haven't been able to just rely on tom brady and the receiving corps they have at this point he's gained trust with some of those guys but uh, I think the Titans got a real shot here, and I, I think it, uh, you know all the pressures on New England I, as much as there can be. Uh, when you win six Super Bowls, and especially you know two of the last three years, and three of the last five, or three of the last six, whatever that is, over the last uh, part of this dynasty, you know they shouldn't feel be too much pressure. As, as a fan, you're you know you're thinking about it. And it's like we should be thankful for everything, but at the same time. Uh, you're, you you went from you really backed into this number two or number three seed, and now you play a Titans team that in the past years we would have never you know picked against the against the Patriots <laughs> with a team like Tennessee. But it's going to be an interesting matchup. I couldn't be more excited for this one in particular. Out of these four, it's the one I'm looking forward to the most. I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to come down to the wire. Really, I don't think I don't think the Patriots are just going to. I don't think they have that extra gear that you know when they played the Chargers in the divisional round last year and they just blew them the heck out and they were running. <laughs> through them controlling the tempo everything that we saw in all three of their games in the pl- playoffs i don't think they have that gear so it's going to be interesting to see how they try to adapt what bill belichick does to try to slow down this kind of multi-dimensional um offense of the titans with ryan Tannehill finding guys like you said aj brown just emerging as a huge star for them between him and derrick henry can you think of a more imposing two <laughs> running back and wide receiver combo in terms of just the size and sheer uh, uh you know just difficult uh, difficulty to bring them down. I think it's going to be a really tough matchup for the Patriots, and I'm really excited for it. Uh, who knew that the model of consistency, the Tennessee Titans, <laughs> would be the ones in this position uh, with the the weight of the NFL world on their shoulders? Um, there are going to be a lot of Titans fans uh, in that game, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, Dylan, uh, let everybody know where they can find all of our stuff over at Clutch Points. Obviously, we've got a lot going on over there to gear up for the playoffs. Uh, lots of great stuff happening. Yeah, so for all of our NFL content at ClutchPoints.com, we have our NFL tab there. Tons of breakdowns for all these different coaching situations, following up with all the rumors. Uh, You know, we're having editorials written about top candidates for each job. So all that stuff you can find on ClutchPoints.com under the NFL section, as well on our ClutchPoints app on the NFL side there. There's the news section there. All the articles are listed there. You'll be able to follow the playoff games as well. Um, They'll be in there pretty soon. So, yeah, excited for all that. And, yeah, the podcast, uh, the uh, ClutchPoints.com, we have a podcast podcast uh, button there at the top of the screen a little tab so all of our stuff is there as well as for the battle for la podcast uh yeah a lot of good stuff and uh, excited to get dive deeper into these uh these matchups as well as some of the coaching uh openings and vacancies that we have now that i feel like by the time we record in a few days there'll be a lot of things that will have changed yeah lots of moving parts probably in the coaching carousel uh, as always in the nfl so be sure to check all that out subscribe to the podcast uh, so you don't miss any of the great stuff we have coming up uh, clutchpoints.com Uh, go check it out to get you ready for the start of the playoffs so uh, thanks as always for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the establish the past podcast